Welcome to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one bestseller, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. And if you are a sensitive soul looking for relief from overwhelm, uh, I have a special gift for you. It's at lightwarriorsupport.com. You can check that out. My very popular clearing protection spray formula is right there as a freebie for you. Now, today I have a special guest who's been really helping me with, oh, I love to learn. As many of you have been following the show, <laughs> I love to learn from experts. And uh, one, one, one of the best reasons I have for them coming on this show is I can learn more from them. Um, so let me tell you the story about my feet. So I've been working on various different parts of my body, been you know, doing block therapy on my belly and my calves and realizing I have really, really tight calves. And that's getting better. I got brand new pairs of skates. Still been having some um, problems with this knee pain that started after I wore really bad skates about two years ago. And um, so I'm here with a Wellness Leadership Academy. I joined their program. I meet these amazing, wonderful practitioners. And I meet this woman called D.L. Walker. And uh, in an instant, <laughs> just looking at my stance, my feet, she's like, oh, yeah, you've got some issues. <laughs> so I thought, you know what, I'm going to be seeing her in Toronto, and I'm going to have DL work on me. And because, you know, she has some really interesting things. Her YouTube channel is fascinating, just about, you know, bunion relief without a surgery. And I never really heard about that before, like anybody could reverse uh, bunions or, you know, th- these other things without injections, without, you know, um, without surgery. And my mom has terrible bunions, and I started getting uh, bunions about probably a year ago or so. So I thought, you know, let me let me try it out. So um, I I went to CDL for one session, and within that session, the the bunion, especially the the one on my right foot, was appreciably smaller. And I wish I'd taken a photo like right before she started working with me because I was not expecting a change in that you know, in that 45 minutes. Like, I figured this stuff could take, you know, months or years. Uh, and then DL taught me how to do specific taping for my foot, uh, which I know she teaches on her programs. And uh, it has continued to get better. And so I just posted, if you're on Facebook and you go to my profile page, I just posted a photo of, you know, the day after the treatment, four days later, a, a, a week later, uh, and then now, so you could check those photos out. It's actually pretty dramatic stuff. So I couldn't wait to get her on the radio show today. So let me tell you a little bit about DL, and then we'll go, um, uh, and then we'll start the interview. If you want to call in live, if you have some foot problems, I know some people emailed me yesterday or messengered me and say, "Hey, my feet are a mess," you know. Um, and I said, "Hey, listen to this radio show." So if that's you, call in live. The number is eight one eight five one four. 1190 hit one so we know your hands up so we're going to be taking live questions a little later 818-514-1190 and just hit one so if you have any questions related to feet ankle knee stuff you know now's the time to to call and get some expert help i am trying to put the chat on but it looks like blog talk radio isn't letting me uh put the chat up today for whatever reason i'll try a little later uh, let me share a little bit about the the background of this like you know, um, DL has had like a you know 28 year uh, career in healthcare, including degrees in, in certifications and fitness, exercise science, 
physical therapy, manual therapy. She's developed trademark techniques that change the look and feel and function of the feet almost instantaneously, which I have never met anybody that does that. Uh, and so now I'm really excited to get her up here in Lake Placid, New York, to teach our PTs and massage therapists how to do her comprehensive core uh, release techniques. So now she uh, consults and teaches professionals and individuals from all over the world, all walks of life, with her foot freedom formula. And what she's discovered is that healthy feet make a healthy body. And i got to be honest with you, I did not pay any attention to my feet really. I mean, I stuff them in a skate boot. And, you know, I mean, I didn't wear heels for a while because I just figured that was bad for you. Uh, but I don't really take care of my feet. And now she's, I'm now tuned in more to how my feet uh, feel when I'm walking, where the weight is. And I was walking wrong for many years because I was trying not to have fallen arches and come to find out that probably contributed to a lot of other problems, kind of upline of, of the feet. And so, but you live and learn, right? So today we are going to discuss why dysfunctions in the foot occur and what can be done to resolve them naturally, um, the three steps to the foot freedom formula, and then the one technique that you can do anytime, anywhere to improve your balance and decrease pain. So it's going to be some really awesome stuff uh, of value today. And I can't wait to, to, to um, DL told me something about the talus bone in the ankle that I had no idea about. So I can't wait to see tells us about that. Um, so check out her website at fixyouonline.com. So it's F-I-X, the, the letter U, online.com, all one word, fixyouonline.com. You'll also can search in YouTube and also find her on YouTube. A lot of free stuff there, uh, taping and all sorts of information. You can get so much out of her YouTube channel. So check out that free resource. It's amazing. And then if you decide later on, we'll talk about that. But uh, if you decide that you want to um, you know, get a consult, she does consults over Zoom. <laughs> and that's how we started with the consult over Zoom. She was helping with, with my knee pain. And, and we weren't working on the feet at that point, but we were working on the knee. And, um, and I happened to mention to her that my right shoulder had been hurting me for several weeks after I strained something. And so she just said, hey, do the same technique I just taught you on your shoulder. And I did. And literally within like 15 minutes, my pain went down like 90%. And then over the next few days, kept doing a little bit of the technique. And literally it was like gone in a few days. And I had been struggling with this right shoulder pain, doing other things, like getting rid of the pain, but not reversing the process that was causing the pain, you know, for several weeks. And so it was so cool to have that instantaneous result. And that's what I love about DL's work. So without further ado, welcome, DL, to the show. Hey, how are you, Karen? What a great I'm introduction. Great. Thank we're you so much for having me. My pleasure. Oh, we're so, so lucky to have you. And like I said, I just you know, see you coming up here to the North Country, you know, helping our PETs, helping our massage therapists, because from my experience and what I've seen, you helping my mom, myself, my, you know, my husband, James, um, it's, it's amazing. It, it's, it's miraculous. Um, so maybe we can talk first about your journey. Like how did you become a foot and ankle expert to begin with? I know you have a pretty interesting background. I do. Uh, so there's a couple of reasons, you know, I think what's inspired me to help people online in um, helping them empower them to heal themselves is that to offer them another option to um, in particularly surgery. 
um, to allow them to go ahead and take care of their body on the, their, their own and teach them uh, techniques that can facilitate healing. Because they're pretty simple. I can teach them, you know, almost immediately. And the beauty of it is that these techniques can work anywhere in the body. Uh, the focus on the foot really came about when I was teaching a balance enhancement and fall prevention class all over the United States to other physical therapists and occupational therapists. And what I realized is that the foot was contributing to things like people's balance for number one. I mean, no one falls when they're sitting typically unless they've, you know, invited or right, you right. Know, <laughs> have something else really, really serious going they're watching on. watching a hockey game and they're like, yay! <laughs> exactly. Um, but when you think about it, we fall when we're standing and walking. And so I realized that the, there was so much importance in the foot. And when I started working with the students and then also clients and looking at the relationship between the base of support, which is our feet, and things like knee pain and hip pain, and then even my own knee pain was due to a foot dysfunction. And I just really think that it's one of the most, if not the most underrated structures in the human body, Definitely. and there aren't many options for people to, one, recognize it, because unless you're having pain there, you usually kind of don't pay attention to your feet. And um, yep. and there, there are really no <laughs> online resources for people to go ahead and correct their own foot dysfunctions, and yet here I was doing it in class, doing it in the clinic, and, you know, sadly, I experienced um, a medical complication uh, after an elective surgery that, you know, gave, took away a month of my life. And then most recently, um, my daughter's school community lost a teacher who um, died of complications from an elective knee surgery. And when you think oh, about yeah. these surgeries, they need to be really taken very seriously. And so, and, you know, and, and really prepared for both mentally and physically. And I'm really trying to reach out to doctors and surgeons to get their clients using these programs so that if they have to go down that road, the surgery will go uh, more easily. There'll be less complications afterwards, an easier recovery, and less um, reliance on pain medications, which in and of itself can be a huge problem and has been a huge problem in the United States. So, that's what led me to the feet. <laughs> and uh, it's amazing. It's been, and it's and been so, so sad that it's so sad that people have died from these surgical complications for something that's elective, like like something you choose yeah. to do rather than emergent, uh, and and that you know could have been avoided. Yes, and in fact, wow. in the state of Florida, we have to um, for our licensing, we have to take a medical errors. Exam and I actually wrote a course for for uh, for professionals to take. And um, medical errors is the number three killer in the United States. Number three. Yep. So that's people right. that I did know <laughs> for their own health. And that's you know, and that's kind of like that can be directly related to it. But when you think about it, when you're in pain, you know, you become you can become depressed. You can become less active. You know, you can become sedentary, and, I, you know, I believe sedentary leads to sickness. So, you know, really by nipping this stuff in the butt, we can really change lives and give people better quality of life 
keep them out of pain, keep them away from the OR if, if possible, when possible, and give them options for their, uh, for their yeah, speech I love that. and their health. Yeah. yeah. I love that mission. Now, one of the things, yeah. the stats that you shared with me, I was actually quite shocked about the percentage mm-hmm. of the world population that have bunions and that yes. if you don't even wear shoes, you might still get bunions. That's so can correct. you share a little bit about the stats? Yes, so 25% of the world's population has some sort of bunion. And um, there's, you know, there's a bunion on the side, which is kind of the traditional bunion, and then there's one on the top of the foot, or there's kind of a combination of two. And so, you know, there's, uh, what happens is, is that the human body will try to do anything to get the big toe on the ground. And what it does is it compensates. Um, elsewhere in the body to do that. And that's why we've developed things like knock knees. That's why we develop things like a forward head posture. That's why we develop things like lumbar lordosis. And then within the foot, I believe that um, like a narrow portion of the foot that's higher uh, contributes to that deviation that occurs um, with a traditional bunion. So if you take away the compensation, I say we're a manifestation of our compensation, then you take away the need for the bunion to occur, and that's why I can get such quick results like I did with you almost immediately. Once we change yeah. the forces acting on your foot, literally the, the, the inflammation, the irritation at that bunion area was able to diminish almost immediately and has continued, mm. which is what I find so exciting and inspiring is that you continue to get better over time. So, you know, that's the exciting thing. And even in my clinical practice, I've, you know, I've had clients that I've worked on, you know, historically for about 10 years now, every time I see them, their body's in better shape than it was the time before. So once you make the changes, it reinforces, the correct forces on the body, and then the body can adapt accordingly. So um, it, it's super, it's super exciting, and unfortunately, it, you know, it really needs to, this information really needs to get out to the public. So again, I'm so grateful for you having me on the show so I can share some of it. Yeah, it's exciting for me too. Now I got to be honest, DL. In medical school, we didn't pay too much attention to the feet. <laughs> not even necessarily in orthopedic surgery, but I did remember Mm -hmm. them teaching us how they did severe, you know, bunion uh, surgery, and it was pretty brutal. In fact, my mom, who, as you know, has very deviated feet, uh, elected not to do the surgery because, first of all, six weeks in the cast wasn't her idea of fun, and Mm -hmm. second of all, uh, the way they described how they were going to saw this and saw that, and it just freaked her out. Um, you know, and, and so how, how come, yeah, no, I was going to say, how, how come, like you mentioned to me before that even populations that don't wear shoes sometimes get bunions. So there's like different kinds of bunions, I assume, and why would they get bunions? Well, um, it can, what the research is showing right now, it can be related to hormones. And then also, I'm in the process of creating a bunion classification index. And what I'm finding Ooh. is that when people have dysfunction in their feet, sometimes their knee, when they, when they come forward onto their foot to take a step, 
their knee literally deviates right over that bunion, reinforcing the stress on that particular area. And as you and I both know from the medical field um, and as healthcare, um, healthcare practitioners, is that any connected tissue of the body when placed under stress will grow. That's why we have calluses. That's why our toenails get thicker. That's why we get arthritis. That's why if we have osteoporosis, we want to do this. So um, even if you're barefoot and the mechanics of your foot is causing a, what I'll call a walking deviation or a gait deviation, there can still be stress coming over that big toe joint. And again, when there's too much pressure in a particular area, it will grow. It will grow. Uh, and the bunion okay. on the top of the foot is oftentimes, um, oftentimes winds up manifesting itself as something called hallux limitus or hallux rigidus. And that's really when the arthritis builds up so bad that um, the toe does not extend. But what, when I'm looking at motion, what I like to see is equal motion throughout the system, because if there's equal motion throughout the system, there's no stress on one particular area. And that's why the ankle and the knee are so intimately related, and then even the hip and the back. Okay. So you can literally have like one, well, usually maybe several, but one problem in the foot that then translates up and causes compensation and then pain in the knee and then pain in the hip and then pain in the back and pain in the neck. As a matter of fact, there was an Olympic diver who um, had vertigo. She was a platform diver years ago, and she wound up going to an osteopath for her vertigo, and they found that the original mm-hmm. dysfunction was in her foot. Wow. That is yeah. amazing. So, yeah, that um, is yeah, really and, amazing. And, and so, going, you know, I say it's all about the base. It's all about your base because if you're operating on a crooked foundation of a house, of of any foundation, it's not going to be strong and sturdy. It's going to crumble. And I also use the analogy of driving a car with low air in the tire or a flat tire. You get a flat tire, what is the first thing you do? Aside from saying, oh, no. (laughs) You you pull over immediately. I pull over, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you pull over immediately. Why? Because if you don't, you're going to ruin the axle and eventually ruin the car. And the truth of the matter is, is that the majority of us are, are operating on flat tires and not either not aware of it or not doing anything about it. And that's why orthopedic, you know, orthopedic problems, particularly in the lower body where it's weight, weight-bearing, ankle replacements, knee replacements, hip replacements, they're rampant. And yet mm-hmm. they're, um, they're not addressing the, you know, what might be the root cause of the problem, which is the foot, as well as the falling epi- uh, epidemic in the world. Again, I feel intimately related to the feet. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Biggest factor. Wow. So, and which is why it's so important for athletes who are balanced athletes and dancers to have amazing feet, just like a skater, just like a gymnast. Um, you know, if you look at the age, too, of, like, the, the, the gymnast, they're typically done by, I mean, if they, if they have a career 
a, a, you know, a, a, a good career till the age of 20, that's pretty good. Why? I think it's the beam because of their foot. You know, you can get away wow. with stuff when you're younger, but when you're older, your balance, your balance decreases with age. As a matter of fact, the norm for single leg balance in a person over 80 is less than one second. Is less than oh. one second. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, it's, terrible. it's a big component <laughs> to the epidemic. And, you know, I once treated a tennis player who was chronically falling on the, on the court, and it resulted in an ankle fracture as well as a pelvic fracture, I believe. And what was so interesting is that when I looked at her body's ability to shift weight over her foot, um, as she shifted her weight, her foot would come off the ground because she had a restricted connective tissue. Once I identified mm. it and released it, she never fell again. And what was so interesting is that it was on the side that she was not injuring. So if I wasn't the person that I was and knew what I knew, I would have maybe just been treating her symptomatic side. But the problem was really on the other side, and that's what caused her fall. She never fell again. So oh, that's, that's five-minute treatment, she never fell again. Yeah. Um, it's, wow. it's exciting, and it's, it's life-changing for a lot of people, and I'm, I'm sure that I've saved a lot of lives, maybe that they don't know it, but I'm feeling that I have. Yeah. Very cool. Now, now, we were taught in medical school, DL, not very much, like I said, about the foot, but what I do remember is, uh, not even in medical school, but um, just about, like, arch supports and, um, like, somebody said, well, you need to have, like, your tripod, so you need to have the fifth, the head of the fifth metatarsal yeah. and the, the first and, and then the heel on the ground. <laughs> Um, at all times, yeah. and I, honestly, I don't even know what a normal healthy foot looks like because uh-huh. I really don't. Like, I don't even – you'll have to actually give me a picture of it because I really don't know. Yeah. I haven't looked at my feet at I remember all and other people's feet. I kind of had this conversation, and I remember you asking me, and I have a saying um, in, in, my, in my practice about any part of the body. If it don't look right, it ain't. <laughs> so if something is sticking out, um, if something is rotated, if if something is like a bone is bigger, it is it, it's not right. It's telling you that it's not right. Calluses, I, I call them clues. Calluses are clues. Corns are are clues to where we're bearing weight on our body. So again, you know, it's it's super important with regard when you're talking about arch supports or orthotics. What has been done historically is to create a device and footwear, um, and I'm not poo-pooing these at all because I think that they're very important as part of the foot freedom formula. Um, But what we're doing is rather we're we're not doing anything to intrinsically change the foot, and I think a huge misconception for a lot of people, even in the medical community, even in the you know massage therapy community, even in the physical therapy community, is that a body cannot be changed. It's form because it's a skeleton, mm. right? But here's the thing. If you took a skeleton out of a human body, that body doesn't just, you know, become a blob. 
it actually literally doesn't change form because of connective tissue. And connective right. tissue can be altered and changed, right, because of the forces acting on it. We just talked about how that builds up a bone, builds up a skin, those kinds of things occur, blisters, okay? All of these adaptations to connective tissue will change because of forces. And no one really looked at how to intrinsically or within the body change the forces that are acting on the foot. So most recently I posted something where um, I worked with a gentleman who had numbness in his toe. And it turned out uh, that he had a callus right in line with that toe. Again, calluses are clues. It was telling me there was too much pressure on that particular area and perhaps restricting his blood flow or compressing a nerve, you know, doing something that was causing that numbness. And sure enough, in one treatment, not only did I alleviate his symptoms, but now two weeks later, after no taping, no other intervention, his callus has changed. It's Hmm. decreased significantly. You can see the weight bearing of his foot completely different. So you can change the form of the body at any age. At you know, at any I age. love that message. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so that is that is freedom right there. It is. And it can happen to any you know, any part of the body. So that's that's the hope. Is that, you know, in spite of the severity of the foot dysfunction, it can be improved over, and it, it, it does mm. take time. Um, however, well, if you're well, a, a professional, people, yeah, they have, uh, you know, so-called pronating um, and, yeah. and fallen arches and flat feet. And mm-hmm. So is that actually pathology? Is that something that's bad? Or because, you know, for me, I've been trying not to, I've been trying to keep my arches up, which cause all sorts of foot mechanical issues. But, um, but I was thinking if I just walk like how I want to walk, I would walk like flat footed and that would be bad. So can you like tell us sure. a little bit about flat feet? Absolutely. So the reason that people have flat feet is it's a compensation to put the big toe on the ground. So the big toe is the primary balancer in the foot. Um, if you ascribe to Chinese medicine, it's where the cerebellum, the part of the brain that's, um, that is in charge of balance and walking, is located. It's in the big toe. So the human body will do anything to get its weight over the big toe. Otherwise, it'll be off balance. In fact, all of the, the postural changes in the body, I'm convinced, are an adaptation to improve balance. And oftentimes hmm. that involves getting the big toe on the ground. So there are several compensations for flat foot. And um, they are, um, there's a, a moving of the heel where the heel kind of goes um, outward. Knock need is one. There's a rotation of the femur. There is a flipping or a deviation of the talus bone, which is in the ankle, uh, and a falling of, the, of the, the navicular bone also on the inside of the foot. So if you take away the reason that your body's compensating, which is to get the big toe on the ground, which is one of the taping methods I taught to you, you're taking away the compensation and then you, if you take away the reason, then the body will not need to adapt any longer. And then once you take them out of those other secondary compensatory methods, theoretically, they, should, they will stay. 
it will take time. It may take, um, you know, bracing orthotics. That's where, that's when orthotics can be useful and really helpful is that once you've created a system that can adapt to the orthotic or the brace, then you can get that realignment that's going to reinforce. I'm sorry to talk about my foot freedom formula here. And then you'll have optimization. So, again, a flat foot is to get the big toe on the ground. You need to take mm. away, you need to put the big toe on the ground so that the body no longer has to compensate and then correct those compensations, and then you're done and reinforce it. It's as simple <laughs> as that. That is so cool. Yeah, like you yeah. pointed out to me that uh, my, my little toes, like the, other than the big toe, I mean, your, my smaller toes were like rotating Mm-hmm. And uh, and when I looked at them, I thought, yeah, like what the heck? You know, what are they doing? <laughs> like I, I couldn't, I, and I, you know, I'm still working on it. But I realized that I I can feel my big toe on the ground now, but I feel like my pinky metatarsal is not bearing weight, um, and so I don't mm-hmm. feel as stable. Right, and you know, and that could be because you do have flat feet. And so it's bringing your weight medially or toward the big toe yeah. rather than yeah. equally distributing over, um, you know, 50% over the big toe, 50% over the four lateral toes. And so, mm. yeah, you really have to address specifically once, again, you take away the reason for it happening, then you can take away the compensations one by one and really get optimization in the functioning of your feet. Very cool. Very cool. Now, before we go into asking you about the foot freedom formula and go to the phones, Mm -hmm. um, you were mentioning something about the the importance of the the talus bone, which is in the ankle. So can you share with our listeners what that is? Because it was so fascinating to me. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, there's a couple of things. One of them um, is is very um, medically based and scientific. They call the talus the keystone, the keystone of the body. And what it is, is where the, the skeleton joins, it's where the foot joins the rest of the body skeleton. So a keystone factor is something that changes everything. So um, traditionally, when they've made orthotics, what they want to do is they want to align what they call the subtalar joint, so just below um, that talus and the talus itself. So the, the importance of the talus has never been um, downplayed. It's always been seen as super important. But what I read in my research is that the talus has the second most electromagnetic frequency next to the heart in the body. So, again, when you're thinking about energetically and your power and your ability to heal and your ability of your system to work properly – I really do believe that alignment of the body and, of course, the foot because it's the base um, is one of the most underrated principles in modern medicine and health even. So if you think about it, we're a series of tubes and wires, right? If Mm -hmm. that tube is in a kinked position, what's going to happen? Blood's not going to flow. What's going to happen to the nerve generation? It's not going to work. What's going to happen to us energetically um, throughout the body if we're in an altered position 
that doesn't reinforce all of the tubes and the wires that are throughout the body. And because of the amount of energy that you get from walking and stepping onto the talus through the foot, up the rest of the kinetic chain of the skeleton, I think that's probably what contributes to that that frequency fact that I mentioned. Do you have any theories on it? That makes a lot of sense because every time you're you're waiting uh, that uh, area, um, there's almost like well I don't know what it is for sure, but there's almost like to me it almost in my mind looks like a piezoelectric effect when you have two crystals bumping into each other and you mm-hmm. get like a spark. Um, it almost right. feels like, yeah, every time you walk, there's weight and the bones, you know, just kind of, I mean, for lack of a better description, knock on each other and create like a spark. Yeah. So there's like a, a frequency uh, and that, like, I, I had no idea that the electromagnetic frequency of the talus was that big uh, next to the heart, uh, you know, and that's huge and how important it could be. But now that you say it, it makes total sense to me why it would be important and I, and I'm guessing that if someone's had like myself multiple severe ankle sprains now it could be because there's a problem that's why we had the ankle sprain um but that after the ankle sprain that that would then really destabilize that area mhm absolutely that's true uh, yeah mm. ab- absolutely um and you know again you want to understand why you're susceptible to sprains because you right. know there's, you know, you, a body could undergo the same trauma. I'm going to give an, a, a huge example. When my daughter was two years old, she fell down a flight of stairs at my mom's house. Now, she was fine. We took her to the ER, knock wood, she was absolutely fine. But if that same trauma, that same incident happened to my 98-year-old gra- you know, grandmother, the result would be vastly different. So the same mechanism of of injury that can occur on various bodies, you know, it it depends on the body. It's not about the force. It's about the body, how the body attenuates those forces. So if you and I, you know, rolled our ankle over a pebble, we might have a very different result. It might result in a sprain for you, but it might not result in anything for me. Just a misstep because of mm-hmm. the distribution of forces. So when you have ankle problems, one of the things that I do, and I've, I've done this, um, I had a skateboarder who had a big competition and an ankle sprain, I think that uh, two days after I, I worked with him, and, um, you know, he could barely walk before treatment, but what I wound up doing is not work on the ankle, but work on the other structures that, can, that, would, that were going to put pressure on that mechanism of injury, which is usually what they call inversion or supination of the ankle. So what I did was I made sure that he had enough range of motion or as much range of motion as he could in the toes and the metatarsals and the tarsals so that the distribution of forces when he went into supination would not just jam into the ankle. Does that make sense? Ah, yeah, yeah. So making sure that all the other little bones can take the hit or take the force. Right, Exactly, distribute the force. And that is such a huge aha. That was such a huge aha for me because I look at movement kind of like a row of dominoes. And when people have pain, it's because that domino segment, so let's say we have a row of 10 dominoes. 
all right? And, one, you know, it, you move one, two, and then five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, you're going to get too much movement at a particular area where if you gave that movement throughout the system, then you're not going to get jammed and have those excessive forces acting on that area. Another reason why the foot, like all knee problems are foot problems. They all originate in the foot. If you can take the forces and distribute them through the foot, then there's less pressure on the knee. And this is what happens. Mm. You know, I don't know how many of your um, listeners are skiers like I am, but back in the day, a lot <laughs> um, when skiing first good when when skiing first originated, they had these leather boots, right? No one ever blew right. out their knee. They broke their ankle, but they never blew out their knee. But now, because the boots are holding the foot and the lower leg so stable, where do the forces have to go? To the knee. The knee. And that's why we have a preponderance of, of knee problems. I, I think there's some other factors involved as well, but with regard to lifestyle and that kind of thing as, as well. But what I found is that even in my training as a physical therapist, as a, you know, advanced training as a functional manual therapist, is that we ignored the toes and the metatarsals. It's like they didn't exist. It's like they didn't do anything. Yep. It's like all about the ankle, and it's like, listen, there are, <laughs> so true. there are 33 joints that no one is touching. And, oh and when you touch those 33 joints and work on them, um, you will be astonished by the results. And, and there's this one story I have to share because to this day, I still can't believe it. But I was working with a, a young girl who um, she was in her 20s, but uh, she had – of course, been born with cerebral palsy, which happens around birth. It's like a stroke, but it's a stroke that occurs around the time of, of, of birth. And she, like many other people who present with cerebral palsy, um, lacked dorsiflexion of the ankle. That's why many people with strokes or cerebral palsy have to wear something called an AFO to hold them in that position. And when I learned about cerebral palsy and, and we think about that loss of range of motion, we think it's due to something called neurological tone, which does occur with spinal cord injuries of all kinds um, and brain injuries and, and such. But what was so amazing is that I followed the diagnostic process that I do with my clients and I, re I found that she had a restriction in her big toe. I treated just her big toe for about 10 seconds, and her ankle dorsiflexion was equal to her non-affected spot. Wow. Wow. That, Amazing. Yeah. That, that to <laughs> me was – and I have it – I actually have to post that on YouTube because it's on – I have it someplace. And, um, oh, and great. Then even I'd love to months, Yeah, and then even months later um, and years later, she's never had that lack of dorsiflexion again. So it's about treating or it's about addressing the particular areas that are contributing to the problem. And I've been able to figure out and um, test out these systems so that I offer a unique perspective on why dysfunctions of the foot occur, why bunions occur, why flat feet occur, why do ankle sprains occur, why do chronic ankle sprains occur, why does pivot plantar fasciitis occur, and as a result, can teach people how to undo these problems. 
and professional. Mm. Oh, that's fantastic. But, uh, now, I know yeah. on your Fix You Online, you have some, like, um, I don't know if I want to call it home study programs. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. just looking on your, you know, fixyouonline.com. You've got Bunyan Solution, Taylor Bunyan Solution, Heel Pain Solution, Hammer Toe Solution, To Walking Solution, yep. and Hollis Rigidus Solution. Uh, I'm thinking uh, yes. some people might want to know, like, what if I have multiple problems and maybe I don't even know what Hollis Rigidus is as a non-medical person? Yes. Like, how do I know which, if I wanted to do an at-home program, how do I know which one to choose? Um, I would suggest going ahead and um, booking in a free discovery call with me, 10 minutes, ah. and I can guide people in the right direction. That, that, that would be the easiest, fastest thing to do so that you don't need to do your research. Um, and I can, since I created the programs, I'll know what's going to best be able to work for you and where to start because some people have multiple problems. So right. uh, the other thing... Yeah. So the other thing that I'm that I'm in the process of doing is creating um, a Bunyan classification index, as well as some at-home tests that you can take to see if the programs are going to work for you and what to focus on. Because see, when I was originally taught as a physical therapist, we had these like cookie cutter programs, um, and I I could literally go onto somebody's body. And, you know, and finds hundreds, if not thousands, of places to release. But like that girl with cerebral palsy, if I had been working on her ankle, I would not have gained the range of motion that I did because that wasn't the key dysfunction that was causing her mm. problem. So she could have been stretching her ankle until the cows came home, and it would never have, have, have changed her her ankle range of motion more like more than likely you know caused the compensation in her knee or elsewhere to get that you know because the body will do anything to achieve a movement or an activity it doesn't care how it gets it accomplished it just wants to do it but it's really about the quality of movement and understanding what are the key factors that are going to elicit the quickest amount of change because you know, as you experience, there um, there aren't many people who get the result that I get as quickly as I do, and it's because of the years of research that I've done and the practical experience developing the techniques that I have. Mm, so yeah, yeah um, that sounds great. Yeah, so, so I'm very proud that, of, uh, of it, my, my results. Yeah, they're amazing. Um, now, I did put in the link for folks that are um, calling in on the radio show page, on the Block Track radio show page. Um, at the bottom, it says book in a free discovery call, and there's a link there. So you can actually book a link, um, oh, sorry, book a link, book an appointment uh, with DL. And is this a Zoom call, DL, or a phone call, or what is it? Uh, if people have the technology for Zoom, that's always preferred because I often ask people to take photos of their feet. And I can go ahead and, um, you know, get a sense of what's going on just from pictures. And some people are like, how can you do that? And, you know, it's funny. I was, I was at my daughter's soccer game this weekend, and one of her teammates was throwing in the ball. And I looked at her knee, and I took a picture, took a picture of it. And I said to my daughter's dad, I'm like, I bet she has a flat foot on her right, <laughs> her right side just by looking at her <laughs> knee. And sure enough. 
um, I approached her parents and said, listen, you know, she's at risk for, you know, she's young, she's only 10 right now, but when she gets older and her hips get wider, um, given what she's showing right now, she's going to be at risk for an ACL tear. So this work can also be done preventatively also. And I hate to be, I, I look at myself almost like the 23andMe of orthopedics, <laughs> where I can literally predict, you know, I'm like genetic testing for orthopedics because I can look at somebody's body and predict what's going to happen to them. Another YouTube video that I did was um, I looked at Rafa Nadal. The match before he, he withdrew from the Australian Open years ago, um, and I'm watching him move, and I, I knew he had knee problems. I know he's always been plagued with them. And I'm watching, and I'm like, I bet you it's his left knee. And I started going through the research, and sure enough, I was right. But I analyzed that whole domino type of thing and actually show people where he was jamming in his knee. But not only that, he was jamming in his back, and that's what caused him to have to withdraw from that tournament. I think it was the next match, actually. Oh, wow. Did, so, you, did you make a YouTube video yeah. uh, showing that stuff? About his his yeah name. yeah absolutely, oh that's so absolutely. cool yeah yeah I, I have them I have them done already I just haven't looked at them in years there was another one with John Claude Van Damme he was in a commercial where he was standing on two cars that uh, I don't know how they filmed this but he was literally standing on the hood of two cars that were moving and they brought him down oh into God. a split like a, a Russian split uh, so not forward right, and back right. out to the side. Right. And sure enough, I could see where the dysfunction was in one of his hips. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. But, you so know, I think I this can... is so cool, Dia. Like, you could see, look at movies or, or, like, you know, TV stuff and then point out with your little marker, look at this, look at this. And then mm-hmm. it's so, like, mm-hmm. once you point it out, like, once, once you pointed it out to me, it was so glaringly obvious. But I would never know right. to look for that yeah. kind of stuff. Right. Um, so, and, so that is, yeah, and, and uh, that is so, why I do Zoom. Yeah. And, and so, you know, some, one of the questions that comes up is, like, what about podiatrists? Like, don't podiatrists work on the mm-hmm. feet? They do. Um, they've just been taught different, you know, different modalities. Even, you know, again, my, my background is physical therapy. Much of the, much of the things that I've discovered were not a result of my physical therapy training, but the training gave me the knowledge to take my work to the next level and develop things like the foot freedom formula, like the comprehensive core release technique, those kinds of things. If I hadn't had that background, I would not have developed, you know, into the practitioner that I am. And again, I think a big misnomer among even the medical population is that Connected tissue can be changed. Forces on the foot can be changed through the foot freedom right. formula, release, right? Release, you need to release the connective tissue to create movement and change the forces. Then you realign, which can be done with orthotics, proper footwear, bracing, uh, taping, and that's the modality that I'm most comfortable with, so I like tape. Um, for a number of reasons. I like tape, too. And then reinforcement. So some simple exercises, but another reason why I love the foot is because walking is your home exercise, is your reinforcement. So if you have an aligned foot, everything works properly. You know, you get that electromagnetic frequency at the talus, number one. You might be more energetic. 
The next thing that will happen is that oftentimes the body problems, body aches and pains will go away. I avoided surgery by um, putting attention into my big toe. And, again, that's kind of how I came up with how the big toe is so important and then did my research to support that. So, again, I don't think that podiatrists have focused – you know, they have gotten here yet. And I hope they do. Again, mm. I, my goal is to start educating them and working with them so that we can get patients better, faster, and they have a better result as well. So if there are any podiatrists out there, please PM me or book in a call or any orthopedic surgeons out there, PM me or book in a call because I would love to work with you guys to help your patients get better. And it's going to be a win-win-win for everybody. So that's great. Um, well, that, yeah, that's great because so I do have a referral um, for you locally. There, there's an orth- a really great guy, orthopedic surgeon, who focuses on the the lower limbs. Like that's his specialty. It's wonderful. You know, leg and uh, great guy. And uh, I want to send him this show. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, so that he can listen and see if it's something that you know resonates. And it would help a heck of a lot of people. We see. So many athletes here, Dia. Like we are an Olympic village, you yeah. Know? And they come through sports med, and um, having this knowledge and the the expertise that you can train people, and of, of course professionally as well as personally, um, would would make such a difference to our athletes. The Olympic Training Center has their own trainers and PTs and everything like that. So, I think it would really. I was I was actually help. one of them many years ago. Uh, That's right. Yes. Yes, when I was a certified uh, strength and conditioning coach, I worked out at the facility in Marquette, Michigan. So I have visited oh, the Lake Placid so cool. facility. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, I wish so I cool. knew then what I know now because I see such potential not only with recovery but injury prevention as well as sports performance. So, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's just mm-hmm. I could go I could go on and on for hours really. And um <laughs> like I said the research the research is really it's really backing me up with this. It's just taking time. And with regard to, you know, working with an orthopedic surgeon, my feeling is is that both, you know, by giving patients pre-op or prehab what they call would not only prepare pre-hab. them physically for surgery but also mentally. And they can go mm. into the surgery knowing that they have some control, that they've done something um, to help their outcome. And I believe that that in and of itself will help to decrease medical complications, improve outcomes, decrease the need for pain medication, and, um, and result in a, a better result. You know, I, I often question, too, why is it you have knee replacement? or hip replacement, they only last for about 15 years. And so I asked myself, well, why? You know, it's metal. Why does it only last for 15 years? And my answer to myself is because you haven't changed the forces acting on that joint to um, you, you haven't addressed the original problem. You know, you haven't addressed the original problem. So again, it's um, it's my it's my desire, my 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 dream, uh, my mission 
to get this infor information out there and just help people and professionals um, have have a better result. Have a better oh, result yeah, so that great. you know so that people don't need to die and people don't need to become addicted to pain medications and people can live good quality lives and they don't have to suffer unnecessary falls and you know all of the things that put such a stress on you know on families on individuals and and on society at absolutely. large absolutely yeah so i'm kind well, of a big picture um, kind of gal I love it. I love it. Me too. Um, I just want to <laughs> yes, share with folks that. the number to call in again, uh, 818-514-1190. Hit one uh, to raise your hand. Uh, 818-514-1190. Just hit one to ask your question. And in the meantime, if folks are thinking about, uh, I, I think I got the chat working now too. So if you want to write, they actually changed the uh, the format, so I wasn't recognizing it. But now the chat's on. So if you want to, I think you can even speak through the chat now, uh, which I figured that out. Um, you can write a question there, and I can unmute you. And just to let you know, at the bottom of the the radio show page uh, is the website fixyouonline.com. S I X U, the letter U online.com, and then the link to book in a free discovery call with DL. And, um, yeah, so, so if you want to ask your question, just hit one on your dial pad so I know your hand's up. And I think, DL, you were going to share with us a, a, a technique uh, that we can do anytime, anywhere to improve our balance and decrease our pain. So excited to hear about that. All right. So I'm going to share that with you. Um, this is what I discovered when I um, hurt my own knee. So, um, I was an athlete my entire life. Not what I, I've had a pretty injury-free career. Um, sure enough, uh, right very soon after giving birth to my daughter, I missed a step in our house, and I hurt in my knee. And so mm. I, you know, this is not the time to be sick. <laughs> you know, it's never a good time. <laughs> no. This is one of, it's, and, and you know, and that's the other reason why I do this. Is we don't have time to be sick. You know, it's never a good time. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't contribute to anything positive unless maybe a lesson to take better care of yourself. But aside from that, sure enough, I, I heard this pop, and I was about to go out on the road. So thankfully I called one of my colleagues who is a good therapist um, down in South Carolina. And sure enough, he actually worked on my foot um, to correct the problem. And sh sure enough, pain went away, and I was good for a couple of years running, skiing, volleyball, et cetera. And then all of a sudden, the knee pain starts to come back, starts to swell up, not able to do my exercises. I'm like, you know what? I, I think I had, I, I self-diagnosed myself with a meniscus tear. No big deal. Easy surgery. Although, you know, given complications, there is no such thing anymore. And I learned that myself personally. So I went and uh, I went to the doctor and had an MRI, and to my shock, it was not a meniscus tear. It was something called an osteochondral fracture. And I had not one, but two, uh, which would have required surgery and six weeks non-weight bearing. Now I have a wow. five-year-old, and it was not a good time for that surgery either. Um, crutches, six weeks, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. And what I had realized was, and this might have caused my injury to begin with, but I have remembered about the big toe, and I put my awareness to my feet and realized that I 
bared or bore less, I don't know the correct term, but um, I was putting less weight into my right big toe, the side of injury, than my left. Incidentally, my right side has always been my nemesis, right-sided back pain, right-sided knee pain. It's always my right side, mm. the left side is just fine. And what I remembered was years prior, maybe 15 years prior, I had tried kickboxing. And so I'm kicking the bag with my right leg, and sure enough, I caught an edge, and my toenail uh, came off halfway. And I had to have my toenail completely removed. So I wound up favoring that foot, just like you were talking about, how you altered your gait not to have flat feet. I right. Was, I must have been favoring that foot and not putting weight into my big toe. So as a result, I just started at that time when I was at risk for surgery, is that I just started thinking about putting weight into my big toe, putting weight into my big toe. If I'd be standing in line at the grocery store, I'd put attention to putting weight into my big toe. Uh, when I'm driving, because it was my right foot, I'd push the accelerator with my big toe. So again, oh. I, was just, I was just training my body to go ahead and start doing this on its own, and sure enough, I still have not had to have that surgery. And even though wow. I got a brace, I don't use that brace. I'm able to ski, which is, um, you know, very hard, on, very difficult on the knees, uh, play volleyball, rollerblade, and um, do yoga, you know, enjoy all the activities that I want to enjoy without pain. And so that, that is, is how I discovered, and that is what I encourage your um, audience to go ahead and try, is to try to go ahead and, and put awareness and put weight into the big toe uh, with regard to balance and that kind of thing. They could even test standing on one foot doing so, and then maybe standing on one foot taking the big toe off the ground and feel the difference in stability. Wow, I'm almost going to fall over here. I'm standing. <laughs> As we're talking, I'm just putting awareness there. That is fascinating. Like I did not put awareness on my feet at all ever. Like I just aware of all sorts of other things, but not my feet. Right. And now that you've taught me that, when I'm walking around at home, I realize, you know, I don't think these flip flops are that good for me because I am scrunching my toes trying to keep them on while I'm walking. Yeah, like I don't think that's yeah. a good thing to do and I love my flip-flops but my feet are so right. flat and so skinny that they don't stay on and that's why I grip them yeah 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 so I'm like, that hmm, I think I'm gonna walk classes. bare feet now well that is also one of the or tape Karen you can go ahead and tape because that yeah. will help keep you into alignment so that, that yeah is so I, the, I've got you know, tape right now folks <laughs> Yeah. I've got tape on my feet, and actually, I've I just started taping my pinky, and some, my fourth mm-hmm. toe as well because it was rotated. And I got to tell you, it it all I mean that that's just a day and a half, and it looks better already. I mean, yeah, it's, and it's you know, amazing. There, yeah, I, amazing. I'm, I'm having this I'm having this debate with a, a you know a podiatrist, which is their specialized um, trainers who make shoes, and you know, again, bunions occur in cultures that don't have shoes, but his rationale was is that it's like you know wearing braces on your feet 
you can, you know, alter the, you know, the the forces acting on the teeth with bracing. And a shoe is, it's a restrictive, it's a restrictive thing. You know what I mean? So right. in, in effect, you know, again, if, for those of your listeners who have young children, keep them in, keep them barefoot and keep them in minimal shoes and encourage that kind of, um, walking and getting around. I think some of the best athletes with the greatest and longest careers, if you look back, they didn't wear shoes as kids. Somebody like Pele mm. um, was was an example that I thought of. Um, there's another one. He was a, a Mariano Rivera, grew up in Panama uh, on the beach. And he had, you know, he was, he was pitching 90 plus miles an hour into his 40s, one of the greatest relievers of wow. all time. So, wow. you know, um, so that's something so that the foot can develop. And, and quite honestly, I think that is the reason why we have so much foot problems in our world is because we um, are wearing shoes that are restricted and protective. Because even though we want to protect the bottoms of our feet, we're walking on flat terrain. And I believe that that mobilization or that release that I do manually if we were cave people, would just be done on rocks and hiking. You know what I'm saying? Walking on uneven terrain yes. with minimal shoes. So well, James does his barefoot know, walking, and he is excellent at it. Yeah, if if you can, and if you have, you know, if you have the right structure, that's fine. You know, you know, there's not a one size fits all thing for everybody, and that's why I like to, you know, that's why I'm encouraging people to look at options. And figure out what works best for them. Mm, sounds good. Well, we got some questions here, so I'm okay, going to go ahead and unmute the first person. Uh, area code three one five. Hi. Oops. Hang on. Hold on. Three one five. Are you serious? There we go. So glad yeah? you took my call. Thank you. This is Pat, and I have hey, extra. I have extra extra wide feet. I mean, uh-huh. they don't make women's shoes wide enough for me. So no shoes, even men's, are comfortable. I had hmm. a bunion removed in 2000 because I couldn't even walk to the car. The doctor cut a tendon intentionally. Oh, no. It was yeah. the right foot, okay? <laughs> I lost my arch in the foot because of the surgery. I got a hammer toe on the second toe. I yeah. also got a callus on the bottom of the foot behind that toe. Yeah. I had to get orthotics, which they didn't really help I ended because it, there wasn't enough room in the shoe for them. So I ended up I would think, you know. designing my own orthotic system. Mm-hmm. Then I fell when I was barefoot, tripped over one of the children's toys and dislocated the hammer toe. So that wasn't put on correctly. Of course, I started having knee pain, and I realized it was because of it. But it started on the ankle, actually, then the knee, then the hip. I have balance problems. I have painful walking always, especially the bunion, opposite the bunion, which is like a little bunion to me, you know, on the other side of the foot, the outside. And it hurts at the top of the foot where the foot meets the leg in that crease area. Um, I've got all the problems. I fell last year and in 
on that same side of the body. Um, and I hurt the top and side of the foot about above the pinky side, making walking even more painful. So I haven't been exercising in nearly a year. The best shoe is currently a two-year-old pair of crop lip style shoes, but they have six soles, which I need for extra support. Surgery has been extremely painful to walk there. But, Thank uh, you, Pat, yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. You know what? And you've gone into that cascade that I was talking about because when yes, our feet don't work properly, yeah, I've got yeah, it, 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 yeah, it just it just creates this negative cascade of things going wrong. So my first my first thought is is that okay, well, why do you have wide feet? Okay, and and here we go back to people are born. Um, you know, you sometimes have feet that are very similar to, to one of your parents. Um, I know my daughter actually got her dad's feet, unfortunately, because he has extraordinarily flat feet. So I started working on her feet when she was an infant. And knock wood, she shows no signs of flat-footedness at the age of um, 10 and a half right now. So um, my theory is, is that the um, area around the arch of your foot, the tarsal bones, are probably narrow. So if something is like as we get down further away from the central part of our body, um, we we adapt. And again, we want to try to distribute the forces so that the lower part of the foot, the width of the foot, doesn't have to be so wide because the midfoot is wide enough. Does that make sense? I guess. Yeah, my feet have always been <laughs> wide, but they get wider with age, which I believe most people's feet do get wider. Yeah, there's, yeah there, there is definitely a hormonal component there. Um, you know, with someone like you, what, I, what I, I would really recommend is booking in a call with me so that I can see exactly what we're dealing with and then advise. Um, somebody with, who's very, very, very complicated um, is probably best off seeing me personally. And um, as luck would have it, I do travel to New York City quite often and I work out of there. And I'm also licensed um, in New York as well that I could do, um, I can do consulting as well. And then we could see um, what, you know, what could be done to help or if that's not an option, again, you know, put you with the right program that you can um, work on some changes yourself and then you take mm-hmm. it to the next level. But I had, I had, I had a patient very similar to yours. Um, she was down uh, in Florida where I also spend time. And she had been to, you know, multiple chiropractors, podiatrists, different, different people. And when I consulted with her, I wasn't sure that I could help her. But sure enough, um, I, I treated her twice. She traveled to Miami um, about three hours away to come and see me, and um, she's able to now, you know, walk with her grandson and that kind of uh, that kind of thing back to her, you know, her quality of life. So, um, again, Great. when somebody has such multiple um, things going on in a cascade, the best thing to do is to, uh, you know, get in touch with me, send me pictures, and we can talk about, you know, what can be done. That All right. I yeah, I would encourage you to do that, Pat. Yeah, I think that's super important. Without your base, 
Yeah, and are you going to come to Lake Placid? I might be able to make it there. That's the distance enough for me. To Lake Placid? We're working on it. (laughs) We're working on it. We're working on it. We already already have, yeah, that might be another option. Like I said, um, I'm originally from New York. Uh, In fact, I used to own a property in Syracuse. That's how I knew the, the area code. And, uh, in fact, studied at Ithaca College, which is about an hour from you. And oh, uh, so, I, yeah. yeah I'm so, like three uh, hours from Syracuse, at least. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big area code. <laughs> I yes, used to go yes, there. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So, can <laughs> I ask um, some you know, question about the yeah, talus yeah. bone? Where exactly is yeah. the talus bone? That's a very good question. And um, I'm glad you asked that. So you can, first of all, you could Google it online, but the easiest way to find it is it's right underneath, you know, your ankle bones that stick out, they're called malleoli. We have one Mm -hmm. on the inside and one on the outside. Those are the bottom of our shin bones. And right underneath those two bones is our talus. So it's right above the heel and right below those ankle bones. And you can access it from underneath the ankle bone and then coming around on the front of the foot in between the two bones there um, at the ankle and then in the back as well. So, yeah, thank you for asking that because, you know, you can have access to the talus and you can make changes to its position also. And, uh, and that could be, again, you know, very important with the alignment. But I'd be curious to know, um, you know, again, I have a theory as to why um, – you know, I, I say that we're a man. I said it earlier. We're a manifestation of our compensations. So I believe that probably the talus and the bones around it um, are particularly narrow, and so your metatarsals, where the width of the foot comes into place, they splayed, and that is a narrow a narrow foot or a narrow arch of a foot is a risk factor for bunions. I have a video on that on YouTube also. Fix you online TV. Well, my healthy yeah. foot has a great arch like the other one did before the surgery, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, Unfortunately, you know, the, the, the surgeons, they, they do cut tendons. They do stay yeah. the way described. They're wide there at the bunion area. You know, yeah. and they splay right. out. As you yep. So you're right yeah, on so there. We have to go to the next caller, uh, Pat. So, um Thank you, Pat. Thank you, thank you. So I think we have Tina on the line here. Hi, to area code 203. Connecticut. <laughs> Am I right? This is Catherine. Hi. Oh, Catherine, sorry, wrong person. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> Hello, thank you, dear ladies. This has just been absolutely fascinating. Um, I'm, al- I'm almost 77. When I was 25, I started having bunions on both, uh, by both big toes, especially large on the right side. And then when I was 52, I had a big iron bar fall on the top of that foot. And mm-hmm. when I was 60, I injured the outside of the right ankle using a chi machine where you lay on the floor and you put your feet in the stirrups. Mm-hmm. And then about three Love weeks it. ago, <laughs> are you there? Yes. Yeah. Hello. Okay. About three weeks ago, I was crossing a threshold in bare feet, and I have no idea what happened, but I busted the little, the pinky and the toe next to it, so that it was just 
you know, hanging out to the side. Right. And I've just been treating that naturally. Um, the swelling right. has gone down, still slightly swollen. But just can you tell what's going on with that right foot? You know, again, the best way for me to see what's going on, um, to, to tell what's going on is to see it. Um, what, okay. I'm, what I'm feeling, yep, what I'm feeling is that, again, there's, um, there are a bunch of reasons for that predispose people to bunions. I kind of talked about that with, um, with the previous caller, Pat, um, about yeah. having a narrow foot or having a walking bunion, which I talked about earlier in the show. Um, so I am in the process of developing a, a bunion classification index, which I'll have um, available probably on Fix You Online and on my Facebook and on the website and whatnot, so that you can determine actually yourself what are the predisposing risk factors to the bunion. Now, as far as the okay. other things are concerned, the other thing that glared out to me was that trauma, the trauma of dropping something on your foot. And what mm-hmm. happens is, is that, you know, just like how I evolved my toenail, you forget about these things until, like, something else happens and you're like, wait a second. You know, my question would be, what was your walking adaptation after that injury that may have caused, you know, the subsequent problems to occur? You know, one of the things that I like to say, you know, and it's a fact, obviously, energy is not created nor destroyed. So when we have this energy of impact on our system, we have to disperse it and get rid of it. And, you know, I'm very much interested in in people with concussions for that very reason because Mm -hmm. I I think that the connective tissue in our bodies adapt to that trauma as part of the healing Mm -hmm. process. But then they kind of stay that way. And unless we go ahead and change things, um, then it's going to result in more and more problems. So that's why, that you know, sense. if you don't, yeah, and that's another reason why I'd really love to get working with, you know, doctors, surgeons, and those kinds of um, individuals so that their treatments become more effective and lasting in their patients, and they have better results. Because, again, these things kind of need to be un- undone within our system, and that's something that I learned, you know, you know, both professionally and personally um, when I went through it as well and how that contributed. You know, dollars to donuts, that, that, not, that knee injury that I sustained missing a step, that if it happened yeah. to my other foot, I would, not, I would not have had the tears. Why? Because my mm-hmm. other foot's more stable. It's more functional. So, yeah. again, when I was talking about the example of two people falling down a flight of stairs, how the bodies would react to that very differently because of the actual physical body that they have and what their mm-hmm. connected tissue is able to do. People will come out of different things differently. So I, those are the two factors that are sticking out most for me. And, again, I'd, I'd encourage you to book in a call. Um, Good. I'm also licensed. <laughs> I also go to Rhode Island in the summer. That's not too far from you. <laughs> Where are you? Oh. Where are you? Where are you in this is true. In yeah, Danbury. I, oh, I know Danbury. Yeah. You're like an hour from the city. So. Yes. Wow. Well, I, could get, I could get down no, to the um, city. Yeah, yeah. Not, it's not difficult. So, you know, once, once we're in contact, I can let you know where I'm going to be when. And okay. uh, I have a mailing list, and I, I give people, you know, kind of like my monthly rundown run of what's going on, where I'm speaking, where I'm, uh, you know, where I'm working. 
and that kind of thing. So if people are interested in seeing me personally, they can go ahead and do that. Wonderful. Uh, Thank is, you. I will, I yeah, that is, that, is, that is really the way to get the quickest, um, best results. Um, I can, you okay. know, yeah. All right. Good. Thank, thank you. I will yeah, do that. Thank you great. very much. Excellent. Yeah, thanks for All calling right. in. We have uh, another person here. Um, I believe this one is Tina. <laughs> Tina? Okay. <laughs> Hi. There we are. Very good. I'm, I'm two for two now. Let's go here. Where's she from? Yeah. So seven one seven. Oh, do you know that one, Ooh. Deal? No, I think I'm the I know eight one eight. Eight one eight is seven <laughs> times twenty. Seven one seven. No, you got me. Pennsylvania. Uh, Tina, are you there? <laughs> All right. Am I there? Go ahead, Tina. Yeah. Okay. Hi. I didn't know if you could hear me or not. Um, I can. But one, I find this very, very interesting, and. My mom, many years ago, I think she was 28, fell off the school bus and messed her ankle up. And it ended up like the nerve in her foot, I think they did surgery on. But she has suffered her whole life since this. I mean, she's been yeah. in severe pain. John Hopkins wouldn't even touch her foot because they were afraid wow. that would, she would end up losing it. Um, I just got yeah, children. Oh but, um, but she now, you know, has knee sir, knee problems, back, hip, everything. And I don't know if this can help her in any way. But then also my baby sister had her ankles fused a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she can't even ride horses. Like horses is her passion, and she can't ride that. She's got one recently, but it's just really hard for her now. And she's also mm-hmm. a physical therapist. So I sort of oh, cool. sort of send her their, your way. But then for myself, um, I just got these um, – there's sandals and there's called Vibes Up Mat and they're on it, infused with crystals and stones and all that plants and stuff. Uh-huh. And they yeah, that's what bright. I have at home. I love wearing. Well, now I noticed almost immediately my big toe area, and then right up from my arch, like on the left side, wore down like immediately. Is that something because of the way I'm standing walking? Yeah, yeah. So oh. thank you for bringing that up because I I have not mentioned that in the show. But a lot of times um, I will ask people to bring in footwear that they've had mm-hmm. for a long time because then I will see where they're bearing forces on their, on their shoes because where, where you get the wear um, on the shoes can tell you quite a bit also. So yeah, that's, the, heels um, my, that's the heels of my boots always are in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, again, you know, the foot – should have like an equal distribution of, of, of uh, right. forces, right? Pretty much mostly the arch of the foot really should not get worn out. Uh, do you have flat feet? No, no, it's not really the arch. It's above the arch. Like, um, I don't know, mm-hmm. like below the big toe. I mean, the little okay, toe. So more below the, the big toe. toe. No. Okay. The big toe did, um, I'm messing it up here. The big toe wore out really bad. And then right below my um, small toe, right in that area, Mm-hmm. It wore out on the mat and then back at my heel part. And I just, I okay. mean, within like a week or two, it did it. It didn't do it. And I'm like, I thought something was wrong with the mat. And I'm like, how could it wear out that fast? But, right, wow. right. I guess it's just the way I stand stand on them or use them a lot. I don't know. It, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, it really does. It tells you um, a clue about where you're bearing weight and if there's excessive weight in one place versus another when you wear out the various different parts of the shoes, for sure. I find it 
I find it also interesting. I was on a call recently, and my angels told me to watch, check, take care of my feet or look at my feet. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, there's all this show. And I'm like, what's going on here? Wow. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Your, your intuition's really on these days, Tina. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Now, my one big toe, I would step when I was like four or five, a huge horse, and lost my whole toenail. And I get a lot yeah. of numbness in that, too. Yeah. There you go. And, and, and again, that goes back to the energy not being created nor destroyed. So it needs right. to be dispersed after healing has taken place. Like, I don't right. want to, I don't want to work on a, I don't want to work on a broken toe. Not at all. Right. Right. I want it right. to heal. But once it's healed, then I'm totally into seeing it. Yeah. That's where I really, you know, again, where I, uh, I prefer to work with people because, you know, when somebody is acute from a trauma, their body needs to heal, mm-hmm. as you know. And then after that's taken care of, then we can go ahead and disperse the forces, make sure that everything is aligned, that the trauma is gone, literally, um, you know, from the body, and um, that there's not going to be any underlying circumstances that, are, that is going to put you at risk in the future. Kind of like I said, you know, I'm like a human uh, DNA test for orthopedics because by yeah, watching and seeing mm-hmm. how it works, I can see and tell where people are going to have problems. So even, you know, even before it happens, even before it happens. Right. So, yeah. Well, and and well, with regard yes, to your sister, yeah. I was going to say the one who's a physical therapist, have mm-hmm. her PM me because I definitely have I some suggestions for her as far as with her riding is con- concerned because, you know, while we can't change a fusion at the ankle because it's hardware, um, we can work on the connective tissue. Some people have restriction in movement caused by skin. Mm. So it's not just the me. joint. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, yeah. So right. it's, like, it's like the skin is literally restricting motion and freedom of motion. There are different layers of connective tissue. And, you know, a fusion only addresses one part, number one. And then number two, like I was speaking about the girl who I worked with who had cerebral palsy, your sister, if she's lacking, you know, a movement by working on her toes and her metatarsals and the areas not fused, she might be able to regain the range of motion necessary to get back to riding. I think, I mean, like I said, she's really into the, her physical therapy, and I know that she she also loves tape. I never even heard of tape, but I know she uses whatever tape yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, she uses it on my yeah. mom and all that. I, I don't really know, but um, yeah. I just yeah, know Tina, today. check out DL's YouTube channel. It's really a wealth of information. Sure. Yeah, I will. Yeah, for sure. yeah. I just we have to, one more caller, yeah, Tina. Yes, I yeah, you're welcome you for having people like this. <laughs> Have a great day. Oh, great. <laughs> My pleasure, Thank Ryan. Thanks for being on and, and listening. Okay, so I think one more caller. we got about five minutes left. Hello. Is that Melissa? Oh, hi. Yes, it is. Thank Yeah. <laughs> I recognize um, you. There he goes. Hey, girl. <laughs> hey. Oh, my gosh. When I first heard this, I, the first person I thought of was, my old school friend who's a chiropractor out in California, and she just had this major reconstructive surgery on her ankle because of having flat feet. And I just, mm. I thought, oh, no. <laughs> you know, just thought yeah. how much that would 
you know, but anyway, okay, so yeah. my issue, I have a question because um, I'm kind, I've, I've gotten so much information from this because I was, I've had, I have wide feet, super high instep and a narrow heel. And so I had mm-hmm. trouble on my shoes. But what's going on, oh gosh, really like the last 20 years, I can't, I have to change shoes like all day long. I have to wear a different pair, like switch them up because of the pain and now I can't walk barefoot I mean it just I mean it's really really painful and it's the left foot is the worst foot and my question is the most pain is on the ball of my foot um and it's um okay so it'd be closer to the outside of the foot on the ball but I now like that foot has become a flat foot the other one's getting there and there's a big bunion on that left toe. And um, I'm confused. I guess where I got confused at is whether when our feet are like that, is it better to to wear an art, you know, to have a support, like an art support when our feet go flat? Is, is that correct? Because I think that my feet went flat literally from wearing shoes that didn't support that really high in stuff. But I, you know, that's just kind of, I'm kind of conjecturing. That. Yeah. Uh, well, again, the reason people have flat feet is to get weight over the big toe. So, you know, whatever was the, the mechanism that is your body is adapting to, to have that happen is, you know, is what is, what is compensating with regard to your pain. The way that I look at pain is that um, I watch people do what, what causes their pain. And then I watch them and I look, I pretend that there's the row of dominoes in there. And then I see where that domino is not moving that can make all the difference in that particular area. So I was giving a presentation at a um, Port Orthic shoe store in New York City and a woman in her Oh, gosh, she's definitely very senior, maybe 80s, 70s or 80s, maybe 80s, 80s, 90s, um, had pain in her hammer toe with walking. So I brought her to the front, and I said, well, when does it occur? And so she took a step, and she told me when. And by watching her, I saw that the restriction was actually at her calf, so not even near her toe. And sure enough, went ahead and released it. And oh. I, I could not have paid her to better for her reaction. She was like, oh, wow. Like immediately oh. it was gone. I did something similar with Karen. You need to film me. Um, when, we consulted, when we consulted over the phone um, where I was able to teach her the release technique and then show her how to go ahead and take care of it herself. Um, again, okay. when you have multiple, yeah. When you need well, I was like just a whole yeah. issue with, you know, I've had continuous ankle sprains throughout my life. And then I even fractured that on the left foot. I fractured the ankle and then I, well, like that was two years ago. And it's still like the, um, you know, the ankle area, like you can tell, like there's, um, the circulation isn't good and there's some swelling still right. around the ankle. Yep. Yeah. And then I, and then last year I, got a partial tear but it was on the um my mcl but it was on the right leg so i think you know i don't this totally makes sense all this compensation having hip issues now 
Mm-hmm. Right, is really yep. messed up. This whole left side is all out of whack. It just, you know, yeah. it's like, I, yeah. You know, and the thing is, is that when we're young, we can tol- our bodies can tolerate pretty much anything. But, yeah. you know, you get to be 40s, 50s, you know, um, things just, you know, the things that have been building up, like I said, you know, like a human DNA test, um, you know, will you wind up, the body compensates and it can compensate through those decades. And then what happens is you run out of compensation. And so oh, then the body that, says, you know what, that's it. And okay. it starts breaking that's down. That's it, I'm done. Yep. I mean, yeah. I think because always very, you know, active and athletic. And then I had so many horse injuries because I, you know, used to yeah. train horse and all that. So just really. Yeah. Okay. I, I so, mean, and that's, yeah. and that's, that's major trauma. Those, I mean, falling yeah. off a horse or being kicked by a horse or whatever, those are significant yeah. traumas. Um, and like I said, the energy is not created nor destroyed. So those traumas are still within your body. And um, there could be connective tissue issues um, from a trauma. A lot of times when I release something on someone, they'll remember the trauma that they had there. Some yeah. people even, you know, they'll even have an emotional release of crying or something along those lines. So, yeah. it's, you know, and I, I firmly believe that part of a lot of other, you know, trauma releasing techniques, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's not, it's not what I advertise, but it's sometimes a result of, of you know, the work that I do. Oh, yeah. Cool. So we got we got right. to go here. We're at the end of our um, time. But, uh, D.L., thank you so much for My sharing pleasure. your wisdom here. Um, the Foot Freedom Formula, maybe you can just go over the three steps really quickly, and I'll just say the website yep. once more. Absolutely. So we have, uh, first step is re, uh, release. So we have to release that trauma, the connective tissue restrictions and balance out the movement because if something can't move, you can't, you can't change it. You can't change the alignment. Then you go to step two, which is realign. So I have a saying alignment dictates function, frequency, and flow, which I alluded to earlier. So once you go ahead and realign, then the muscles can work properly. The blood flow is reestablished, and energetically, um, you can you can flow more with better frequency. And then the last one is reinforce. So once you are realigned, then you just reinforce the the movement on a proper structure. And thankfully, again, with the foot, and if you're wearing proper footwear and your tapes or braced or orthotics, whatever you're going to do, uh, then you go ahead and just get out and walk. And those are the three That's steps. That's great. Uh, fantastic. And we're at fixyouonline.com, everyone. So fix, F-I-X, U, the letter U, online, all one word, .com. And there you can also um, you know, connect on YouTube. Uh, DL has a wonderful Fix You Online TV channel on YouTube. Lots of information, lots of free information there. It's amazing stuff. Um, so I want to thank everyone that's uh, the audience today, the people asking questions, of course. UDL, it's been wonderful. I can't wait to get you up here to train our folks here in Lake Placid. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Karen Jam. My pleasure. Bye, everyone. Bye for now. Until next time, lots of love.